Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. And Sunday we started out talking about Kingdom Carriers. That was the title. So there will be a part two to it. So we just expand on, on, on some more scriptures and just talk more about it. Uh, so today I want you, if you have your Bibles, the first uh, a scripture we're going to go to is Colossians 1.13. 1, 1.13. Have your Bibles, your iPhones, or whatever, Colossians 1.13. And it says, He had delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And that word kingdom literally means to transfer, exchange, remove, or carry it away. So we've been transferred into another kingdom, another kingdom. Now, in this new kingdom, there are new laws. It's different from the laws that we, you know, you was born into this world, your mom was born here, you're dead, and you was raised up into the, this way of doing things. And that's, how, that's all we knew. All of our life, that's all we knew until you get born again. So now it's different laws. But you have to be born into this kingdom. The scripture I want to be uh, Isaiah 9-6. If you have Isaiah 9-6, I'm going to read that because it's so powerful and it tells you Jesus. It said, For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the word government literally means empire. So the empire, the government will be upon Jesus. So he brought another government, like we have the government here, but his government was from above. So, so it's another kingdom. So you got to get this, amen? So... To be, uh, to be into this kingdom, you have to be born into it. Some people say born from above, or, or, or born again. You have to be born. So when you get born again, you can't do the same thing that you was doing in the kingdom that you was born into. It's a different kingdom. So the laws, the rules, and regulate is not going to work. So with us as Christians, we've been trying to live a Christian life the same government. Living, coming to church, trying to do what's right, trying to do this, but not applying the spiritual laws of the kingdom. Amen? So the uh, um, can be Mark 6, the foundation scripture will be Mark 6, 37. Now the word kingdom in the New King James, New King James mentioned 365 times. 210 times in the Old Testament, 155 in the New now, you have all these different Bibles, a lot of different Bibles. That's why I like New King James' Bibles. As you get on to certain Bibles, it's kind of watered down. Certain Bibles have it, I looked it up 350 times or 310 times. So they're taking kingdom out. And that's why you have to watch what type of Bibles you read, what type of, you know, you're getting your information from. So they're taking kingdom out. What else they have taken out of the Bible? So you should know, that's why it's so important to read your Bible. Because the Bible said the Bible is spirit and life. So when you read it, it brings life to your spirit. So if you're reading the Bible and it's just like a book to you, you may have to find another Bible. 
You know, if it's just like you reading a, a bedtime story, so you have the, a spiritual vibe, something that's going to grip you and change you, amen? So, under, and then it's so important that he did, I mean, mention kingdom 365 times because you realize salvation is only mentioned 182 times. So it's important. Not saying salvation is not important because you have to be born into this, so you have to be saved. But he mentioned kingdom so many times. I think we're missing the part of being kingdom because what's the point of getting saved, coming to this new kingdom and still living the same life? It's no change. So you get frustrated, you backslide, that's what people backslide. If you don't know how to operate in this kingdom, you're going to get frustrated. If things are not working for you, if God's in God's kingdom and say give, you're not giving. God's kingdom say love, God's kingdom say repent. Everything the kingdom is about is opposite from the world system. Everything. So in order for you to live that kingdom, you have to literally die to yourself. And sometimes most people don't want to die. It's a, it's, a, it's a painful death to die to yourself and literally let God live through you. He's going to have some friends you're going to have to get rid of, some movies you're not going to watch, some places you're going to have to stop going. You literally have to die to this world system. And sometimes God will literally take it all away from you and you'll think you're by yourself. He'll take the job sometimes. He'll take the fine everything, but what he's really doing in some cases, not saying all, in some cases he's just shifting kingdoms. He's taking you from the kingdom of depending on this world system to depending on his system. His system is sowing and reaping. His system is giving. So you got to depend on this system. It's a whole nother system. In your mind, you're thinking, how am I going to do it? If I don't get my government check, I don't get my this, I don't, you know, it's because that's what we was raised to. So you really have to really humble yourself and pray and trust God that you're shifting kingdoms. And it's not easy at all because you're like, God, what are you doing? Tell me something. Can you hear me? Can you? And sometimes, you know what I'm saying, when he give you a revelation for, of something, like I've been studying on the kingdom for a while, it's just been like, oh, hell, I've been broke loose. But you have to stay in it because when you get a revelation on something, the enemy, number one thing is to get it from you. He's going to try everything he can so you can get back into that kit where you're comfortable at. You're comfortable in that. So he's going to try to get you back, but you have to stay in it. Don't give up. Don't get, just stay in it. You don't have the money and somebody say give. Just give anyway. Keep, because you're shifting the kingdom. You're doing something different. Stay in it. Stay, keep doing it. And eventually it's going to shift and you'll be in it. You don't almost know how, when it shift. You'll be like, I'm just walking in it now. I'm just walking in this new kingdom. Amen? And that's what God wants from us. So like I say, for a Christian, for me, to not pray, read your word, study the Bible, or confess the word, it's like going to a gym for two hours and never working out. Seriously, I was driving the other day and the Lord gave me that. It's like going to a gym. I went to the gym for two hours, but you didn't do anything. And you expect to be buff. You didn't do nothing. You just talked to everybody. How you doing? How you doing? What you? Went to the next person. You talked to him. How you doing? How you doing? Oh, two hours. Now it's time for me to go home. You didn't do nothing. That's the same as the word of God. If you don't spend time in this word as a Christian, you ain't getting nothing out of it. Because he said God's word is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. Soul and spirit, your soul and spirit is entwined together. If somebody tell you about doctors, go to the hospital, your joints and marrows are entwined together. So the only thing can separate this is the word of God. So if you're making a lot of decisions, most of it, and if you're not in this, most of it just soulless decisions. Whatever I feel like doing, that's what I'm going to do. Because the word is the one that's separating. If you're not in the word, if you're not praying, your soul making all the decisions. Soul tell you whatever. Like I made that illustration, your soul telling you everything. You're just doing it. Your spirit man like, just get in the word. I'll help you. And you like, I don't have time. I, I, you know, I don't have time. You have to get in the word. Amen? Let's continue on. Let's go to the scripture. I say Mark 6, 37. Let's go to Mark 6, 30. If you have your Bibles, my wife should always ask people that because you should have your Bibles. Amen? Or, you, or your iPhone or your phone or whatever. Just bring something to the carol. And take notes, you know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a note to take. My wife made a note to take. I'm a, you know, just want to take the scriptures down because church is basically like school. You go home. Miss Campbell, Caleb, she give Caleb homework. He got to go home. He got to homework. Then he come back and she like, what do you learn? Same thing here. Bishop teaching, it's like homework. Take the notes down, go study, and then come back, and then it's going to apply. But you're just sitting here trying to get it all in here. By the time you leave the door, what was the message about? Uh, I, I don't know. He said something about uh, it's not going to get. So you got to write it down and go home and read it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word. Amen? So let's go to Mark 6. Uh, start at 37. And these some of the scriptures I did Sunday. But he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. Jesus was talking, disciples was talking, I'm skipping, uh, about feeding the uh, 5,000. And he said, uh, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy the hundred dineros worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? God always going to ask you what you have first, what you have in the house. He's always going to see what you have because you got to give him something to work with. You have to give him something to work. Everybody through the Bible, ask the lady, bring me something to eat first. Bring me, uh, what, what do you got in your house? The joys. Go, what, what do you got to work with? We just want God to just rain upon us and just, but God said, what have you got to work with? You know what I'm saying? So let's continue on. Uh, 39. Then he commanded them to make them to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in rings, in hundreds and fifties, and, and that's so powerful because before God blesses you or doing things in your life, he's going to want you to get organized and in order. So he got them together, he said, because Jesus knew what he was about to do. Jesus knew what he was about to do. He knew what was about to uh, come down from heaven once they do that, but I want, he didn't want them just running all around. Get, he said, get in order. So before God gets you ready, get in order. He may be wanting to bless you with a wife, a husband, but you don't have nothing in order. You know, you don't have nothing in order. My wife, I tell her story, she, she says she's God preparing her for a husband to totally clean her closet guy. She know, I'm a clean, neat person. So she says, she, God just told her out of the blue, make sure you clean your closet, organize your stuff. She's getting a husband. And she says she, she obeyed and just started Doing what God told her to do. So whatever God is telling you to do, just start doing it. And he's getting you in order for the blessings that he's about to bestow upon your life. Amen? 
Let's continue on. And he said, verse 41, and when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, what he said, uh, he looked up to heaven, blessed. And remember what I said, blessed in the dictionary.reference.com Bible means consecrate and sanctify or separate. So when he took the loaves, he took it, blessed it, and that's when it multiplied. So when you give to God, when you give, it's totally different now. So when you come to this altar and give, or you give online, expect it to change or shift kingdoms. So don't expect it just to go here, go to the church, and go. No, it's shift kingdom because you're giving to God's work. Amen? So the reason we don't experience the effect of the kingdom is because we're trying to operate this spiritual kingdom with natural laws. We're trying to operate. And, and go to this scripture. I don't think I gave him the scripture. Mark 22. We're trying to do it with this, so our temple have to be ready for the spiritual kingdom. That's why fasting, praying, reading your Bible, getting you ready for a spiritual kingdom. But look what it says in Mark 2.22. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts and the wineskin. The wine is spilled and the wineskin is ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskin. So God is saying, get rid of the old ways. It's a new system I need you to learn. It's a new system I need you to start operating in. And this system is a spiritual system. See, when we was born again, we was born into the natural world. But when we were born again from above, we was born into a spiritual kingdom. Different kingdom, different laws. Different kingdom, different laws. So I'm saying this so you can get it in your mind. It's a totally different kingdom. So he said that. So in that, like I said, when, the, when, the, when, the, when you give, it's being shifted to another kingdom. And when God showed me that, I was like, wow, that's powerful. Because everything God gives us is multiplied when he gives it to you. You know, everything multiplies. So when you give them to God, expect it to multiply. Whatever you give, time, money, Whatever you give to God's kingdom, God's going to increase it and multiply. Amen? Mark, and we uh, says, so another scripture is Matthew 6, 19. Like I said, and we want to give to everything but God's kingdom. We want to give to everything but God's kingdom. And look what it says. Do not lay up for yourself treasure or wealth, your wealth. Put it in the bank. I'm investing in it. Do all that because we got to live on this earthly place. That's fine. Not, nothing wrong with that. But he said, don't lay it up on this earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20, but lay up for yourself treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust um, destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So when you give in to God's kingdom, no one can take it from you. If no one can do anything. When you give, and, that, and whatever you give, and you give it to the altar, it's out of your hand. And the scripture always, you say, when a separate grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, about, but when it's died, when you, and, and don't think about it. Most people are like, man, I give that 20, I, I needed that, you know. But when you give it, it's gone. It's gone. Just think about the receiving part of it. Don't think about when you're giving, because the enemy is going to always Tempt you not to give. 
You're going to have every reason for you to give, but everything in God's kingdom is about giving. But he have tricked mainly us in the church to think, pastor wants your money, the people on there, then look at the pastor, listen there, pastor don't need your money. This man invests, this man doing good, you know what I'm saying? He's, this is kingdom work. We want to help the kingdom. We want to bless the kingdom. So when you give, I'm not saying worrying about, you know, this. I, I worked here for six years. He, now you almost know the code to the money and all. He don't, he don't worry about all that. He's on a whole nother level. We're trying to get where he's at. He already understand the kingdom. He understand giving and receiving. Pastor already know that. So I'm trying to get where he, him and Dr. Half is. So when we give to them, listen, and every time you give and sow into their lives, come on now, it's an automatic thing. So when you give to your man and woman of God, believe me, shh, they're good grounds. So when you give, expect the harvest. I mean, instantly. Soon, hey, it's, it's coming back. And, you know, so just understand that part. Let's continue on. We say, uh, say, God will always get you in order to receive the blessings he's about to, re- to give you. I say that. Let's go on to Matthew 9.35. Matthew 9.35. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. So my wife last night said, I told God, just, just, I said, God, if you wake me up at, at, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I go on the balcony and praise you. He woke me up at 2.50. I'm like, Jesus. I said, did you, did you go? I said, yeah, man. I had a good time on the balcony looking up in the stars and just talking to God. Two-fifths, I said, well, I got to obey. I got to go out there at 3 o'clock in the morning. I told him I would. He woke me up. So if God tell you to do something, just spending time, whatever you tell you to do, just do it. Don't, don't let nothing distract you. Just do it. It was good 30 minutes just spending time with the Lord, just out there me and the stars, just, just enjoying God's presence. Amen. Matthew 9.35, uh, let's see, Matthew 9.35, and I want to show you something in this. This is, this is so powerful. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogue, or their churches, that's what they call churches now, synagogue, and proclaiming, proclaiming literally means preaching. Yeah, preaching, they got it up there. Preaching the gospel, gospel is just good news. Good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Because in the kingdom there is no sickness. He was teaching the kingdom of sickness. He was teaching, see, in that, in that, and it's so powerful. He was teaching the kingdom because you got to realize the curse of the law is spiritual death, poverty, sickness. So in the other verse I just told you about, he was teaching the kingdom of prosperity, a blessing. Money, I mean, things come, feed, blah, blah, blah. And this one, he's talking about sickness, disease, and afflictions. So he's teaching the kingdom, but he's teaching it to the people in different terms where they can understand. And he's not talking about money in this one. He's talking about sickness. So he was teaching in the church about sickness, disease. So those three things you have to realize, if you're experiencing any of those things, you have to ask yourself, I, I, I'm not supposed to be sick and poverty or spiritual death. So I have to see where I'm weak at in this area, where I'm not doing what I need to be doing. You know, certain things you need to be doing. So you ask God to show you where, 
where is that at? Okay, then where I'm at? 935. Okay. Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of poverty. And if he was teaching the kingdom about sickness in 935. First I said Mark 637, he was teaching the kingdom about poverty and lack. And 935, he was teaching the kingdom on sickness. Now let's see where he taught the kingdom about spiritual death. And I told you it's three of them. So go to 1 John 5, 11. 1 John 5, 11. So when Jesus was teaching certain errors to certain people, like I said, this was, he was teaching it to us in parables, stories, and different things, because he had the kingdom in him. But he was teaching it to people so we can get it, so we can go and live in the kingdom. So he had to be uh, kind of, to, to, to kind of get it out there. So let's go to 1 John 5, 11. And this is the record that God has given to us, eternal life. And this life is in his son, verse 12. He that has life has the, has, has the son has life. And he that has not the son of God has not life. So not being born again, you're just existing until you be born again. Because the Bible says, you have he quickened who was dead and trespassed in sins. So when you get saved, when you receive Jesus, you become a brand new person. A brand new spirit. Your spirit, man, is, is quickened. So all your sins and everything, he forgives you of all your sins, but now you have to live this thing. You have to learn how to live a Christian life. And certain things that you was doing, you can't do anymore. I got saved in California, Oakland, California. I was partying, drinking, smoking, girls, doing all that. I, you know, I was 27, you know, so, so when I got saved, I didn't know when you get saved, you couldn't mess around with girls and still, I, I didn't know that. I'm like, what? So when they told me that, I was a Pentecostal church, I'm like, God, you got to help me, you know what I'm saying, as a man. So as a man, I'm just being straight up with you. Show me how to do that. So what I did, I just spent more time with the Lord. I fell in love with Jesus. And I didn't want that separation from me and him over somebody else. So if you're someplace you can't go, if they're calling you at nighttime to come over here and this and that, turn your phone off. Go worship the Lord. Spend time with him. So you're separating you from this world. I didn't know you couldn't drink or couldn't, couldn't you know, do all the stuff, smoke marijuana. I, I thought most Christians that, that I knew, I never was raised up in the church. So they were still doing it. So I'm like, you have to give that up? So yeah, you have to give it up. <laughs> and most people are like, man, I, you know, I just go to church, I give tithes, I pay off this and that, but I ain't giving that. I know you have to give it up. If you want to live a holy life and be with God, you can't, that's part of the world. You can't be a world and part of God at the same time. It's, it's not going to work. Because the world is going to pull you more to that. So you got to be sanctified, separated sanctify from this world. Cleanse me up. Cleanse me. I just stay at home in California. Friday, Saturday night, I just stay at home and worship God. Spend, spend time with God. Went to church, did that. I had to get myself right because I found something, like I said, that I never experienced before. The love of God, I never experienced that before. So when you find that, for me, I didn't want to experience the separation if I did that. People say, well, he'll forgive you. He'll forgive you. I, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want it because our relationship was so, I spent hours and hours spending time with him. So I didn't want to break that re relationship. So it was hard. Cried many a time. And I'm just telling you who's, 
who want a really relationship with God. It is not easy trying to live a holy Christian life from this world because the world is putting you, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. So sanctify yourself. Amen? See, Jesus had the kingdom in him, but he had to teach it to the people so they could understand it and operate in it. So he had to teach it to the people. That's why Fred Price, I remember said, preaching gets you saved, teaching keeps you saved. So if you're not taught this word, you, you don't know. You think you just party and come to church and just go back out. You don't know. So that's why we as ministers, we have to teach the word of God. You know, we have to teach the people. We have to study ourselves. It takes time to study the word and, 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 and you know, get your Bibles out. It takes time. That's sacrifice. If you're truly called to do this, if you're not, you're wasting your time and the people's time. If you're not called to do this, I wouldn't want to do this if a God didn't call me to do this. I'm being honest with you. Because you go through stuff that maybe some people go through. A minister, we go through stuff that's just like, God, help. Seriously, if you don't help, I'm like, what is going on? And y'all see us and y'all like, hey, 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 man. You don't know what's going on. The enemy will attack your family. He'll try to attack. Anything he can to stop you from doing this. Anything. And most people give in because they say, it's too much, so I'm just going to go back in the world. You go back in the world, he'll destroy your life. Still, kill, destroy. You know, he'll still kill and destroy. And, and if you let him, I want to I shift subjects real quick, talking about still, kill, and destroy. Go to, if you can, uh, James 1.13. I want to show you something. It's so powerful. 1.13. He said, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, but God cannot be tempted with evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. Verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away. He is drawn away by his own desires. His own desires and enticed. He says, so, so, and God showed me this, this part here, when your desire is enticed, this is a, a saving part because you can kind of repent and get away from it because you have desire for stuff and just turn away from it. But look at verse 15. Then when desire has conceived, once that thing conceived in your heart, ooh, Jesus, it gives birth to sin. And then he said, in sin, when it is full grown, it's a wrap. You can't even see it now. You can't even see that you're in sin. You can't even see that you was tricked and you, you know, talking to a woman I'm breaking in the lunchroom and she just telling you how nice you look and how sweet you, and you just, well, she tells me this all the time. You, see, you know, you passing by every day and the security guard speaking to you, telling you nice. He speaks to everybody, you know, but you think he's just speaking to you. How you doing? He, he just like me. He just tells me I'm cute all the time, but you just being drawn in. Drawn in. And then once it's once it got you, you like, how did the world I get here? Man, you know what I'm saying? How did I get here? So you have to watch it. You have to do something. You have to say no to certain things. You can't watch certain things. You can't go certain to deliver a successful Christian life. I know you want to do it. I know it's fun, feel fun, but you can't. Because you, you this is the temple of God. This is the holy temple. Amen?
You see, it pleases Jesus when we understand how the kingdom works. It pleases Jesus when we understand how the, when he, when we understand how the kingdom works. It pleases Jesus. Luke ten seventeen. Go to Luke ten seventeen. I love this verse. Luke ten seventeen. See, we always say Jesus had the twelve disciples. Yes, he did. But he also has seventy that he sent out too. He sent seventy out to go and do. So 1017, then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are, are subject to us in your name. Remember, he had the kingdom in him. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19, behold, I give unto you authority, a power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. So what he's saying is, I give unto you the kingdom to operate in the kingdom. I give you the ways to how to operate in the kingdom, to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing should by any means hurt you. So Jesus must have taught them the kingdom what to do when you go demons, devil, they can't touch you. So he taught them, so he said, I give unto you the power to tread upon these things. So, and then look what he said in verse, nine, uh, verse 19. Verse, uh, where is it at? I saw that last night. Verse, oh, verse 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. I believe Jesus did a little dance, a little praise dance. Because to him, like I said, he loved it when we understand the kingdom of, of Christianity. So he rejoiced in a sense of saying, Father, thank you that somebody see what I'm teaching. So he rejoiced. So when Pastor, he rejoiced when we as Christians live in a life that he's teaching for 30 years. You think Pastor, Pastor ain't rejoicing over, he thank you for his gifts and all that, but he rejoiced that he's been giving out his life for 30 years and we still not living anything. That's what makes him rejoice. He wanted to see the fruit of his labor. He want to see us walking in. The, he don't want to hear, well, you, you, one of your members in the club last night, one of your members this. He don't want to hear that. He want to hear that I've been giving my life and changing lives. So you want to please your man and God, live a Christian life, live a clean life. Get away from that sin because the wage of sin is death. And the thing about it, the Lord said wages. The devil make you pay for your sin. You not thought about that wages you get paid you get a wage right so you paying for it and it's destroying your life come on now you paying for and it's destroying your life because it feels good Ooh, it feels good it feels good this alcohol feels good these cigarettes may relaxes me no it's killing you that's what it's doing it's killing you so, so, so the wages of sin is death. So don't let sin destroy your life. Okay, amen? So everything Jesus did, he was teaching about the kingdom. That's why it was mentioned 365 times in the Bible. Matthew 6.10. Go to Matthew 6.10. It said, Thou kingdom come, thou will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Will just literally mean desire or purpose. So God desire and purpose for, for us to 
understand the kingdom. His desire is that we walk in the kingdom. Every place we set our foot becomes holy ground. Everywhere. Because we carry the kingdom. So when you walk and talk and you're a child of God, and I'm not saying it's condemned, we all make mistakes. Just repent quickly. And don't let the enemy condemn you when you do mess up. You know, just repent. And it's hard, for, it's easy for us to feel that God forgave us, but it's harder for us to forgive ourselves. But you have to literally, in your mind, know that God forgave me. I repent. God forgive me and walk back in and get back in line. That's, that's, that's what God gave us because the enemy is going to condemn us. The Bible said, therefore, there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. So there's no condemnation. Let nobody condemn you about what you're doing. Just ask God to help you. Get around people that's going to help you be a better Christian. If you have struggle with lust, gambling, smoking, whatever, find your brother or sister that says, hey, I'm struggling in this area. I need help. How did you do it? What did you do? And get with that person and, and, and uh, ask that person to help you. Y'all come together and pray about it. Because most times it's a stronghold. You know, most, says most people have alcohol problems, been smoking all their life. I mean, drinking. Probably generation of curse. Probably their dad was an alcoholic or somebody. It's a stronghold. So when you have a tree, you just planted those roots are just right up there. But if it's been in there for a long time, those roots are, it's harder to pluck out. It's harder to pluck out. So don't condemn somebody if they're struggling in certain areas. You don't know what they may have been dealing with, that stronghold, those thoughts coming to their minds every day. And they're trying to deal with this, and you're condemning them. You're supposed to love and encourage people and help them to get free from certain situations. Our job as ministers, as Christians, to help, not condemn. I have brothers call me that, that trusted me. I can't tell my wife or somebody certain things, brother called me and said this. I can't, I can't do that. They're trusting me. They're calling me, brother. Can we pray? And we'll pray. And I hold them accountable. I'll text them, whatever. How you doing, brother? So you got to find somebody that you trust in. I need help in this area. And don't be ashamed about it. We all had to go through certain things. Don't be ashamed. Let the devil condemn you. It's, hey, you got to, you know, don't let him condemn you. None of us perfect. We're trying to be like Jesus. Let's go to the next one. We, got, uh, we have the keys to the kingdom. But he's given it to us. Jesus has the keys, but he's given it to us. Jesus has given us the keys to the kingdom. Matthew 16, 19. Matthew 16, 19. He said, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So if you got things you're dealing with, certain situations, God said, I've given you the keys. Bind that spirit. If it's a strong spirit, you have to bind it. You literally have to take that spirit and, and I bind you in the name of Jesus. I command you to loose my child. I command you to loose my father. I command you to go. Like I said the other day, you have me have to open your door, anoint your house, uh, pray praise and worship music on. I don't let anything come to my house. I let music play softly throughout my house all day. If I, before I go to bed, I'm planted again. 
I pray with Caleb. I put music on, scriptures on that he can just hear over and over all night. You have eight hours. Go to YouTube, eight hours script. Just let it play, play. But I don't have worldly music in my house. Now, you do what you want in your house. But all these songs today, I don't know what they're saying. And I'm saying, you got all type of spirits just going through your house. And you say, it sounds good. Okay. Hey, don't let those spirits come in your house. You'll feel why you irritated, why you angry, why you bitter, why you want to cut somebody out because those spirits, some of those songs carry demonic spirits. These people who are writing these songs today, they're demonic. And you like them because she's, she's well-known. She's popular. She just got, okay, you're letting that demon in your house and you'll be wondering why you lusting. Amen. Let's continue on. Amen. He said, I give unto you the keys of the, uh, of, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. We have authority in Jesus' name to storm the gates of hell. We have authority. So whatever is lacking in your situation, get in line. Repent. If you haven't been given like you should, it's got to repent. And I'm going to start giving. I'm going to start, start where I'm at. And I was talking to Minister uh, Eric the other day after the service, and he, he mentioned something, too, that was so powerful. He said, you notice Jesus didn't ask him how much you have when he told me to give him the five loaves. He never asked him how much, uh, 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 the amount. That's what he's saying, how much was the amount. So start where you at. If it's five, ten, start where you at. He didn't say give me a hundred dollars. He said what you have. Give me what you have and start there if you want to be blessed. Give me what you have and say, God, I'm trusting you. And soon when you do that, start praising him. Just start praying, God, I thank you. Just be expecting something is going to happen because you give to the kingdom and it shifts. Amen? And now the next scripture is Romans 4.17, the B part of that. He said, we can speak to things. He said, we can speak things that are not as though they were. He said, what is it? Oh, shit, I'm going to believe. Okay, the B part. Who give life to the dead and call those things would be not as though they are. So according to our words, we can speak things and change things. So if you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing. Your words are so powerful. I mean, you can shift the atmosphere with your words. So, so watch what you say in this kingdom. In Revelation 1.18, he said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. But Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys now. He has given us the keys of hell and death. So we have spiritual authority. That means that through him we can be free from Satan's spiritual authority and be reconciled to God and live under God's spiritual authority. So if you're not saved and you don't understand this, God said, I can deliver you, I can set you free and give you a whole new life. And this life that Jesus is talking about is totally different. So you want to live a successful Christian life, sell out to Jesus. Get rid of the world. Get rid of the girls. Get rid of the alcohol. Get rid, get, God, I'm selling out to you. And it's not going to be easy in the beginning. But as you extend the word, and get where you're changing your mind. And you have to change this. That's another part of the message. 
changing this to learn the kingdom. You have to change the way you think because those thoughts are going to come and you have to cast them down. The Bible says, cast down every thought and imagination that will try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. So soon that thought try to, you got to cast it down. And you have to say something. I cast that thought down out of my mind. Because every thought that comes to your mind is not your thoughts. You know that. Devil put thoughts in your mind. And most people think, man, how did I think that? I'm a bad person. No, the devil just put a, where that come from? Devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my, you have to tell the devil, yeah. But if you just, oh, that was a good thought. And just meditating, I'm meditating, you're just going to do it. Because that's what he started at. He started by putting thoughts in your mind. But you have to cast it out quickly. I don't do that. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. The last scripture, I'm going to almost say, uh, Romans 10, 8. It said, the word is near thee, even in thy mouth, that is in thy heart. The reason speaking it out is so powerful is that it releases spiritual power from your heart. Remember, God didn't save us through our head. Heart. He said, if you confess Jesus and receive him into your heart, you should be saved. Because he know the head got all type of stuff. He said, in your heart. But you release a spiritual force. You confess the word and you say the word, you're releasing a spiritual force. This book is living powerful. So when you confess it, your, your word is going out there. It's going out and it has to work. And you have to be bold when you do it. You can't be all timid and scared. And, you know, even people say, Mr. Devil. He ain't no Mr. Devil. He's a devil. You know, come on. Now don't give him no accolades, none. He don't like you at all. Yeah, yeah, he don't like you. He ain't your buddy. And say, well, he didn't mess with me today. He must be good. I must be on his good side today. No, if it's up to him, he'll kill you today. It's by the grace of God that we're not, God, God's, come on now. Every day you wake up, the devil's plotting on how to take us out, every day. But you got to be, put your whole armor of God on in the morning. I'm putting my armor of God on. I'm putting, I'm, I'm, I'm going first before he was trodden. Before you got out of the bed, get in that word. Don't wait till you get to church or get in the shower and you say a few scriptures in the shower and you ain't spend no time with God. Listen, the devil already got you. He already know you get to work. That donut is waiting for you. He know you. Come on now. Yeah, no resistance. No resistance. And I say that to say because when I first got saved, I like, God, how is this? This is hard. But falling into trying not to do this. I'm, I'm trying. Dude, he said, Troy, he said, submit unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I said, God, I am submitting unto you. He said, but you're not resisting. You're not resisting. So if you have issues in your life that you don't understand, start resisting it a little time. If you have issue with eating too much or something like that, say, I'm not eating that today. You start saying, tell your flesh, I'm not doing it today. You're resisting it a little bit. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not wanting that donut today. You're resisting it a little bit. You keep resisting. And as you resist it, that's the same thing like working out. Doing push-ups, and I do push-ups, I'm resisting. You're getting stronger and stronger. And if you fall, just repent and get back in. I resist. I'm not doing it today. Nope, I'm not. And you tell her, that I'm not. I'm not eating today. I'm a fast. And the quickest way, if you really want to see spiritual, start fasting, 
Don't wait till the Daniel fast next year. Don't wait, and that's the only time you fast. I know y'all ain't making it. Y'all wait until the Daniel fast before y'all fast again. And you're eating in the Daniel fast anyway. So I'm talking about if you really want to see this flesh, try a fast fast to where you're not eating for a couple of days or something, just drinking water. You will see how ugly this flesh is. You will see, man, I, I did that to my wife. Did I treat her like that? Oh, the Holy Spirit will show you how ugly and how controlling this flesh is over your life when you go on a fast. And the Bible says in the Scripture in Matthew, anoint that face, anoint yourself, and wash that face, and you're fasting unto God. And God will carry you on the fast, if you can. Not saying that some people can't, you got to eat stuff. But if you really want to see the power of God, you can try a three-day fast with just water. And you watch the power of God. You'll be that third day, you'll be floating on, you'll be floating. I mean, everybody be getting out your way. The devil will be just out of you. Man, it was just like, what in the world I've been doing? I'm serious. I mean, like, what? Come on. Now, this flesh was, this flesh is a mess. So you, you really want to see, deny this flesh and don't feed it. And you watch how it bow down to you. You watch how the spiritual life will just move on. You'll be speaking things, praying for things, laying hands on six things to be happening just like that. I mean, God will be speaking to you. And man, you'll be just, but stay in your word while you're doing it. Stay in the word. Read your word, pray. Man, things will be happening. I mean, things will be happening just so powerful. You're just like, I'm going to close in this last testament. I remember when I was in California, and I was uh, just fast all the time. And I came home, and I was about to, I told this story before, I was about to fix something to eat. And for me and my son, I was raising my son, and I was me and him living in Oakland, California. And I said, uh, I was rush. I had to go wash clothes. I had to do this. And I said, man, I said, so I took some chicken out, and I said, I'm going to cook this first. And the Holy Spirit said, come speak with me first. Because I was ready to eat after that. I think I fasted, but I was ready to eat. I was about to cook. He said, come talk to me before you break your fast. So I went in the room, and I just prayed, talked to the Lord. It's one time, about 15 minutes, just worshiping. And as I got up, he led me out into my kitchen, and it was the washroom. Then you go outside to the backyard, Berkeley, California. Literally. I didn't sit and I walked up and he just walked me into the kitchen. The door was almost halfway open. I walked to the washroom and the outside door was open. I opened the outside door. All I smelled was gas. And you can hear it. Just gas everywhere. I'm like, what is that? My son was like, what is that? I called the fire department. The man came, the fire people came, they turned the gas off. They said, if you would have turned that stove on, you would have blew up the house. God saved my life by listening to the Holy Spirit. Because I was ready to turn it on and cook the food and go wash and leave it on. He said, come talk to me first. And then I got up, he led me, the Holy Spirit led me to the back door. For what reason? And the door was open, cracking, I opened, nothing but gas. And it was cold that day, it was raining, it was cold. And I, and I remember just sitting in the living room, me and my son, and just crying. I'm like, God, what in the world are you doing? That's when I was just learning him. I was really just learning him. So you're an awesome God. To do something like that for me by listening to you and praying and fast, you saved my life. So I tell you now, get to know Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus more than anything. And you will see your life change from this world to his kingdom. And I'm determined to know him more and more and more.
And if you want him more and more and more, you got to get rid of this world. Because this world is going straight to hell. And I refuse to go with it. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.